We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. Your home for all the Bucks news and analysis all the time. I'm Ty Windish, one of your hosts, joined as always by my not a morning person co-host. That's not an adjective, but alas, Rohan Kadi. If you're watching this on YouTube, you're seeing Rohan get taken down by a cup of coffee. Uh, all that said, Rohan, how's it going? <laughs> this is a great start. You know, quick aside, you know what is the stupidest thing about the human body? The epiglottis. Is that the it Sunday a, throat? Yeah, it's a little flap that decides whether you choke or not. And I hate it. <laughs> it depend, It decides whether you get liquid in your lungs, which makes you choke on stuff. And it's the stupidest thing ever. Um, I'm doing, besides, I'm doing fine. The the appendix is 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 now a fan of Rohan Kadi. I feel like usually the appendix gets hit with that designation and you're coming out swinging, saying no, it's not the appendix. It's, it's much the, more likely that your epiglottis will mess up than your appendix. That's statistical fact, I think, because I think just about everyone's has messed up. So we are recording this. We're less than a week from Milwaukee Bucks basketball. Preseason basketball begins next week. We're recording this on Wednesday morning. I believe the preseason for the Bucks starts on Tuesday. So we are we're getting close. And then real games only a couple weeks after that. But we're recording this after media day. So we have some of our big media day takeaways. Um, I think the biggest for me actually technically came a day or two before media day and Eric names annual sit down with John Horst. So we'll get to some notes from that. But I think there's something we have to tackle first that honestly really dominated NBA media day in terms of headlines. Like Zion Williamson was like, Hey, my foot's broken. I might not be ready for the regular season. Nobody really noticed because of all the vaccination talk. And oh, I thought you were going to say because of the photo of him walking off the podium. <laughs> Somebody said he looks like one of the cat thugs from an old cartoon and shared a picture, and he really does. <laughs> Do you see someone made him into like a plumber? Oh, my God. 
<laughs> his gait is legendary and and unmatched. Um, and concerning. I, I, yeah, a little. Um, I think Zion in the Midwest would just be. I, I think it just makes sense. But regardless, um, vaccination statuses. We had. Thankfully, at least no one on the Bucks was spreading misinformation on the podium like uh, Bradley Beal and, and some others around the league were. And now, funny enough, Bradley Beal is walking back his stance, I think in large part because he saw all the tweets from Wisconsin own Ron Johnson and others saying Bradley Beal is a hero to the anti-science right. And, and I don't think Bradley Beal enjoyed that all that much, uh, which is kind of funny. Um, but the Bucks are not fully vaccinated, and it sounds like they don't expect to be fully vaccinated. Um, when the ownership said vast majority, which as our GSPN colleague Adam McGee pointed out on Twitter, the vast majority of 17 is not all that dominant of a number. Like there's could be three Bucks that aren't. You never know. You just it's it's hard to say. And we don't want to speculate who is and who isn't. We know Giannis is, um, he, he said when asked, he is, he was the only buck to confirm their status on media day. Um, but really it's just disappointing. I mean, it, it, John Horst said, didn't really want to comment on, you know, will the team be fully vaccinated by opening day, which a lot of teams, if, if you haven't seen, a lot of teams are saying either they are or they will be in a couple of weeks. I think the Timberwolves are two second shots away at this point. So that that's something that teams have reported the Bucks would not go that far. Horace did say he doesn't think it'll be an issue down the line, which we'll see. That could just be uh, a good thing to say, or it could be true. You never know. But I know, Rohan, you have some thoughts on this, so I'll, I'll throw it to you just to comment on the Bucks. unfortunately, not being fully vaccinated. On the player side, I should say, I think – I think all the coaches and and support staff has to be for all, yes. if not most yes, teams. Yes, they have to be. So the players, uh, the players are not fully vaccinated. The players are the only party in the NBA that there is no current mandate for full vaccination. Uh, all other arena staff, any, basically everyone else in the NBA circle, there is a mandate. But as uh, Tim Bontemps and uh, Michelle Roberts was real, he was relaying Michelle Roberts's message, I should say about there's just, it's a non-starter, a vaccine mandate with the Players Association. And uh, that's, it's disappointing. It really is. You were talking about previous uh, other players who have been outspoken being anti-vax. And there's just, it it matters in certain markets because there are certain markets where uh, if you play for a home team there, you have to have a vaccination. Otherwise you cannot play in home games like New York, like in California. So uh, Andrew Wiggins, if he does not get vaccinated, he cannot play in any Golden State Warriors home, ga- home games for the entirety of the season. Uh, same goes for anyone in New York, Kyrie Irving, just anyone in New York, Brooklyn, that's how it works. Uh, that is not an issue in Wisconsin, even though it probably should be, in the sense that there's no current mandate for pu- large public indoor events. Uh, so that's why... Uh, the Bucks not being fully vaccinated is not an issue in terms of playing. It's just an issue in terms of pandemic. <laughs> uh, it's, that little thing. Yeah. You know, the entire reason it exists. So it's, it's disappointing. Uh, thankfully, like Giannis, he sets the tone for this entire organization. He has made it clear that he is vaccinated as everyone should be. If you are able to, I know there's a lot of compounding 
factors on this. A lot of people, I think there is a poll taken in the United States that nearly half of the unvaccinated people in the United States want to be able to get vaccinated. There's just a lot of Hmm. issues in terms of logistics, like travel, where they can go. If you're in rural areas, it's more difficult. So there's a lot of logistical issues that play into it. Just the entirety of the issue remains about people not wanting to get vaccinated. And it's, uh, I guess I'm going on a rant anyway, might as well continue. Yeah. You, the reason you want to get vaccinated, if you are someone like a Bradley Beal who's saying like, oh, why do you get vaccinated if you can still get COVID? Well, here's the thing. You are much less likely to get COVID. That has been proven. You are also incredibly less likely to transmit it to other people. That and seems that's to be the, the key point people, that I, is the, people aren't picking up. Exactly. That is the important issue because there are people who cannot get vaccinated for immunocompromised reasons. And if everyone else gets vaccinated that can, there is a much, much, much lower chance that you will see anything like this ever happen again. It's the same thing happened uh, a couple decades ago with polio. Polio vaccine was not perfect. It did not prevent you from getting polio. It reduced the symptoms, reduced the hospitalizations and reduced the transmission rates. And that's why polio is dead because of the vaccine and that well, for requirement. Well, for now, for now, now we're seeing pushback against all vaccines. So, you know, polio might pull the uh, the MJ and come back with a different number, Rohan. I hate this world. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I hated you. Uh, yeah. But yeah. That's, that's the issue. And the thing that sucks too, I think good points that you mentioned about logistics. Also, let me, difficult. let me preface this. Sorry. Yeah. If anyone thinks that just like, oh, you're just a sports guy. I'm a graduate student in public health. Yeah. I'm just a sports guy, but I listened to the graduate student in public health and I read two articles. No, I'm just kidding. But um, the, 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 the thing that's disappointing about the Bucks not being fully vaccinated, um, even post Eliab. Elijah Bryant waiver, who apparently he was vaccinated, but just doesn't like mandates, whatever. Um, We'll get to some of their roster moves later in the show. But, you know, you mentioned the logistical concerns, which I think are real for a lot of Americans. They're not real for NBA players, right? Like that's, they can do whatever they want, whenever they want. Like it's, I, I just, I love the, the, I think it's been characterized as, you know, some of the over the top support for, the quote unquote player empowerment. And that is like, there's people, especially on Twitter who look at NBA players like coal miners or something like they are the top 1% of society. And there's exceptions to this, of course, I think not, not discounting uh, racial um, disadvantages that, that black and and other non-white players can face. But in terms of something like this, you know, financially and, and being able to travel and, and be actually literally being able to go get the vaccine dose Obviously, that's not a concern for for NBA players. I mean, it's literally when they show up at the arena, I'm sure if today Andrew Wiggins was like, hey, I want to get vaccinated, but can't figure it out. Like Bob Myers might pull out a syringe and just be ready to do it at that moment. Like the teams will make this very easy. And even if they wouldn't, again, these players have so many resources at their disposal. Unfortunately, seems like some of them are, are more prone to using the YouTube resources at their disposal than the actual ones, but that's just where we're at. And again, let's be clear, over 90% of the NBA players are vaccinated. So it's just a vocal minority. Yes, and to be fair, I guess, to Beal, he did say the next day he's still in 60 days since having COVID, so it's not recommended for him to get the vaccine, whether that's true or 
whatever. He did say that. Um, my personal take on this is I don't think uh, – maybe Wiggins, but I don't really think anyone's going to miss significant time for not getting the vaccine. I, Kyrie think might Kyrie? Al- I think Kyrie might already have it, to be honest. That's my hot take. I think Kyrie just loves to, you know, devil's advocate. Yeah, is, is I've defended Kyrie. that sort of – I've defended his antics in the past. It's I can't. Yeah, I'm not defending him. I, I think no, it's no, no. I'm not annoying, saying you are. I'm saying yeah. for me, yeah, for me. yeah. Because um, I, I've said on this podcast before, like, oh, it, maybe he's not. It's, it's, yeah. it's not good. It's terrible. It's dangerous rhetoric. Yeah, um, agreed there. Um, and and just the, I was on his IG live and just saw the quotes like, oh, get him. You show that the media like, okay, it's okay. wow, really, really standing up for the little guy there, Kyrie. Um, okay, enough of this stuff. Um, anyone who hasn't turned off the podcast can now listen to us talk about Milwaukee Bucks basketball, which unfortunately is NBA basketball is tied up with vaccines and everything now because we're still dealing with this COVID stuff, which is life in America. So I mentioned earlier, I thought my biggest takeaway from media day and, and just John Horse talking in particular, which doesn't happen all that often throughout the calendar year. Most GMs aren't prone to sharing their thoughts all too often was this quote um, in the in the article that Eric Name put together for The Athletic. And this is basically on the idea that the roster is missing a big man, right? Which we've talked about, you know, a big wing for the playoffs, for guarding guys like KD, a more traditional big man, maybe just for soaking up regular season minutes. I thought this quote was really interesting. We managed it last year. This is Horst. We were healthy, but we know we could be different. We know that could be different this year. That's part of managing it. If something happens or presents itself and we need to adjust, we'll have ways to probably do that and acquire players or use two ways. Thought that was interesting because I've used them both already. Uh, different things like that. But going into it, I think Shemi will play a lot of times. And now that we've started switching a little bit more and Bud will continue to work on that and grow that, Shemi, I think, actually fits into that big rotation. Thanasis, who we just talked about, fits into that big rotation. He can a lot of times play and eat up those four minutes or even sometimes the four or five minutes, depending who is on the floor. First, I love that the actual Bucks are as high on Shemi Ojale as I am. Second, it sounds like they're going to switch more this regular season and not be afraid to go five out. Is that what you got from that quote? A little bit. Uh Going five out was not, uh, or maybe it is, uh, was not my takeaway from saying Thanasis is going to play some five. Just uh, five out, I, just I'm in kidding. terms of I'm yeah, kidding. not <laughs> not any of, not any because that was the thing, right? If if Brook isn't playing, like if Brook's off a game and Giannis is on the bench, what are they going to? Is Portis just going to be the only center? What are they going to do? It sounds like they're willing to go even smaller than Portis as the only center. Yeah, I think what I took away from this is yeah, partly that and just the overall. Uh, message that they're willing to just mess around and tinker with a lot more stuff. They've seen it. They saw it work last regular season, last playoffs, because again, defending champions yep. uh, never gets old. Nope. Uh, <laughs> but we saw them tinker with a lot of stuff. We saw them try a lot of different stuff and that's what helped them win the title. So why stop that method? You just got to keep learning. You got to keep trying, see what works. You have time to experiment because you're going to be a good regular season team. Anyway, you can, as long as you get like a top, three seed you'll be fine so why not mess around yeah and i think the interesting thing is i kind of forgot just because he was most recently on the bucks but pj tucker's whole thing prior to that because the bucks are just so big was being a center and if we are thinking that 
Shemi is, you know, going to get the first crack at approximating PJ, I think is the best way to put it. Maybe that's how the Bucks see him playing. And I do think looking down the road, you know, maybe post Lopez, when he retires as a Buck with several more championship rings, the idea is not we need another center to put next to Giannis. Maybe the idea is we need someone more like PJ Tucker or like I think what they're hoping that that Shemi can do who can play sort of center, enough center, to enable guys like Giannis and Bobby Portis to play in smaller lineups with more spacing, you know, less a less clogged paint, etc. So I think it's interesting. It seems to me like that position then, that small ball four or five, that they, the one thing they lost when PJ left, and he just wasn't able to make shots by the end. But he, that's essentially what he did for the Bucks. It feels to me now like that is the most important thing to find, not just this year, figuring out if Shemi Orthanasis or someone else can do that, but long-term. That feels like the one true hole on the roster if this is how the Bucks are looking at it. Like, okay, now that Giannis is this, it's more important for us to find a future one of those than it is to find the next Brooke Lopez which I think bears out because look at the guys they brought in and didn't bring in, right? Like they, they didn't bring in a young true center. They're bringing in stretchy four slash five kind of players. Like I think this reflects this shift that we saw happen live on in the playoffs of Giannis is a center. I, he does a lot more than that. But at the end of the day, if you have to decide Giannis is the center, so we're going to find resources that work to accentuate that not not block that. I think it goes back to this idea that Brooke is not a great fit with Giannis. He's just a great player and you're going to make it work as long as you have him. But I think in an ideal world, if you could get, you know, the exact same mentality, personality, uh, level of effectiveness as Brooke Lopez, but he was a four or five, not just a five. I think the Bucks would prefer that going forward. Yeah, and you're. Uh, I'm starting to get a little bit of the Chevy buzz too. I don't know. It's oh yeah. Me, uh, me wanting to, or just me getting excited for a new season. Uh, I'm still. I'm still. I'm a little cautious because it's it's a little more difficult to uh, just bring in a new player. And even though he has that archetype, it's a little difficult to just thrust someone into a role and expect them to succeed right away. Which is why I'm a little. There's there's a little bit of trepidation on my part, but I do agree with what you're saying. That is the sort of archetype of player that the Bucks are looking for. It's just, it it is a better fit with Giannis. We've seen that, like you said. I don't know. I just. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I still think we'll we'll talk about this, but I still think there's there's room for another big on the roster. That's I have one probably. in mind. Yeah, and I hate it. What? Yeah. I know I I don't think I don't think we're on the same page with who I'm thinking of. Who are you thinking of? We'll get to it when we talk about roster moves, but um they they recently signed him to a contract. Yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm on board. I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "There's no way you would react like that to the guy I'm thinking of." No, I'm, I'm, I'm off. I'm off the Bismack Biombo hype wagon. Um, what do you want to talk about next? What, what stood out to you from Media Day? Let's bounce around a little bit. Um, I think, uh, well, it's it's just nice to see year two of really this core yeah. of like Drew, Giannis, Chris, Bobby, like th- th- those guys. Like obviously, Brooke is still there. You still you get George Hill back. Like I guess I guess he's tactical. Is he part of the core? He just like took a year off. Yeah, he took like just, a he, he took, took a sabbatical. vacation. Took a sabbatical. Yeah, yeah. He had to go, you know, study <laughs> or something. There. Yeah. So it's it's it'll be interesting to see. If you're, I'm basically mostly talking about Drew, Chris, and Giannis, and Drew yeah. in that. It, it'll be interesting to see what year two is like, and especially year two of experimental bud, like I was talking about earlier. I just. I don't know. I feel like this team has a certain swagger to them. They just, they know they won the title. They know they're the defending champs. And the thing is, they're not, well, at least Giannis, they're, he's, he's not just happy with it. He wants I think more. it's the whole team. I think that was one of my biggest takeaways from the, the various interviews is like, they're like insisting that they're not happy from Brooke and Bobby to Pat, who was making this really kind of complicated chapters book analogy thing it's one chapter's over but it's a new chapter but we're going to carry over the last chapter whatever he's really he's really feeling the hangover of that uh uw madison commencement speech (laughs) (laughs) um he's probably feeling a literal hangover from watching his uh notre dame team beat bucky that badly too um but um I even Bud, Chris says, Bud said, the first thing he said when they all got together was we have to go do it again or let's go do it again. Like, it seems like I really like that they're refusing to be complacent. They're refusing to enjoy it too much. I think Giannis's great quote was, you know, I'm I'm not even close to satisfied. And I think that shows again, like we've talked about uh, when we were fortunate enough to have Chase Buford on the pod, just how the whole organization's mindset stems from Giannis as the franchise player and he's like the perfect guy to have in that role like he's not going to let anyone be satisfied least of all himself and I think that's what you have to do to repeat as champions I think you have to come in as hungry as ever um, and I think the Bucks are and I think it's a good thing like it it almost a little part of me was like ah, I wish they would enjoy it a little bit more I'm not done enjoying it yet but I think we should milk it and enjoy it as much as possible. I think the team 
to be in the right state to actually go do it again, I think they need to have that mentality. So I was happy to see that. It does feel to me, like I said a couple times last year, just feels businesslike. I like their approach. I think, you know, kind of goes hand in hand with the PJ Tucker, we dogs thing, which he's sadly trying to do in Miami now. Or a pound. There's multiple dogs. Okay, what, whatever. The, the dog, the dog found. Sorry, PJ. It's already taken by the Browns. That's Cleveland. If you want to emulate the Cleveland Browns, that's fine. PJ and, and Miami Heat. But um, but a fun I, regular season story. Actually, no. We said they wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, we we heard about it too. Um, but no. But I, I just feels like business. Like they're they're very serious, and I think uh, I think that's a good thing. I think that's. I would take that actually a different route. I think it's okay. more. We've seen a lot of we've seen a lot of teams sort of there's been different archetypes for title winning teams in this last in this century, I should say, in the 2000s. You have uh, dynasties and you have one off teams. The Bucks want to be a dynasty. They don't want to be like they're people are saying like, oh, it'll be a run like the 04 Pistons. They don't want to be like the Pistons. They want to be like well, the Spurs. They, they want to be like the bad boy Pistons, maybe not the yes. 04 Pistons. Yes. Yes. No, the Pistons have a long storied history. I should put some respect on our central division fellows here, Rohan. We did a whole podcast. We did. Uh, But they, they want to be like the Spurs. They want to be like the Lakers. They want to be like those, those teams that are always in it, always winning titles year after year after year. They want to be like them. And I think that's where this sort of mentality comes from. It's more of a, uh, sure. It could be business-like and that's how you win these sort of things. So we could both be right here. But it's also like they want to be historically dominant. They don't want to be dominant once. They want to be dominant for like a half decade. As uh, as Bud laughed and pointed out in, in his and Horse uh, part of Media Day, don't want to emulate the Spurs too much because they, they were never able to actually repeat. They just got, you know, uh, every few years. But no, I think I think good point. What it feels like to me even a bigger issue than a potential vaccine thing, which as you mentioned, the way the mandates are set up right now wouldn't really affect the bucks all that much if they had a player or two not vaccinated, which hopefully within the next couple of weeks they don't, but um, we'll see injuries. So we got updates on Dante. I love that the bucks are there. They're so adamant to stick to the same thing. Every time he's ahead of schedule, what's the schedule? We don't know. He didn't practice. Uh, I think the schedule Tuesday. is that he's never going to play again. So anything <laughs> is ahead of schedule. It's always positive. It's always positive. Uh, he he seems pretty chipper. So I I, I feel like it's not going to be that much longer. Um, but but we'll see. Um, he and his bromance with George Hill. Those guys apparently are very close. But uh, he seems in good spirits. He says he won't come back if he's ninety five percent. He's got to be a hundred and ten percent, which. Maybe that's why the, the timetable is is so murky. It's that's a hard a hard number to hit. But I think a bigger issue and and quickly, uh, Drew and Chris said they feel great, they feel fine. So that's good. That's awesome. They're superheroes. Giannis though, this is the one. So we got a report out of Greece. There's always one like news report that Giannis and you know he does the same one every year. I don't think it's always the same interview. But there's always one interview that comes back from Greece and you're like, what the hell? He never he's never said anything like that before. His knee still hurts. It it hurt all the time. It's fine, but it hurts. And then during media day when he was asked about it, basically says, you know, I I would play today, tomorrow. We'll see if I'll play tomorrow. He doesn't end up playing the day after media day in five on five. So I think 
We had gotten a very optimistic report on the knee, I think from Horst after they won that, oh, he's fine. There's no structural damage. Everything's good. Maybe that was around free agency or so, uh, or maybe it was even after the draft. But clearly something's going on, although something always seems to be going on with Giannis's knee. Rohan, as the science expert out of the two of us, what are your thoughts on on Giannis's knee and, and how this new info um you know, matches or doesn't match what we've seen with Giannis before. Cause it's not like he's never had a pestering knee issue before. Yeah. I think I don't want to be like, just like overly dramatic, but this yeah. feels a little more significant than it has in the past, especially because of the nature of the injury we saw in the Eastern conference finals. And uh, going back to that, uh, that uh, interview in Greece, here's his quote. He said, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be playing in the finals, I was hurt in game one. I was praying we lost. In game two, I scored 42, but I shit my pants because I scored 42 and we lost. I was wondering how good are the Suns? I am still feeling pain. So I, I love the translation. I feel like it always comes across a little blunter and it's just delightful. It's Yeah, that's incredible. Um, but one, my, I had a couple takeaways from that. Yeah. One, he's still feeling pain. Not good. You don't want, you know, yeah. that's, that's no boy now. Yeah. Uh, two, uh, I, I was hurt in game one. <laughs> well, I, I think, I, I think it kind of looked like that, especially the second half of that game, right? Like, I, I think, I think he tweaked it in game one for sure. Yeah, but it's just like, I don't know. It's a little dangerous. I it get is. it's the finals, but, you know. Yeah, it's not it's not ideal. It's not what you you want to hear. That's for sure. I think now, given what happened, I I don't think Giannis would change anything. And we know Gian, Giannis probably wanted to play five on fives yesterday, and the Bucks had to be like Giannis oh. probably wanted to play in games five and six of the conference finals. I well, he remember he tried to come back out in game four. He like popped up on the sidelines like, "Hey, oh, you want to yeah. you want to stick me back in this game?" And they were like, "No, go away." I loved Bud got asked about you know is Giannis direct with him or not. And Bud, bless Bud, he's still trying to do the say everything and say nothing thing. Just a king of word salad. He did basically say, like, yeah, no, he's not going to tell me. And we have to figure out when he's lying to us. He wouldn't use the word lying. I think he said he's well, not like he's trying to be purposefully misleading or something. Yeah, Yes, he is, Bud. He clearly is. That's uh, this, all sorts of pro athletes who are like this. Giannis is one of them. Clearly needs to be protected a bit and it did sound to me in some of their comments about the short turnaround in in general and Giannis in particular it does sound like the Bucks are going to do you know I, I don't want to say more than ever because I feel like they've always been relatively cautious finals aside I mean Giannis clearly wanted to play at the end of the bubble and they didn't let him um, but it does seem like we might see a, a slower start or at least you know like we had mentioned here or there maybe more games below 30 minutes than we're used to early on, at least from the big three. And maybe the big, I mean, even going to play to start the season. Yeah. That's, that's, it's off. It's on the table. I should say that he's not going to be playing. Like if he's not playing five on five a week for the preseason. Well, I, I will say he didn't play that day five on. I don't, I don't think he, I don't think it's that he's not cleared. Yeah. To but me, he's still not doing still five on do five it. a week before the preseason. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, to me, it, it does remind me. It's tendonitis is what he always deals with, right? Like he has yeah, tendonitis, and he has, to, he has to sit out a bit. 
you know, we, we don't know if it's that, if it's related to that or not. Like, obviously, again, his knee bent the wrong way and he came back and played professional basketball on it. I don't know. I, I, for, I don't think he's going to miss signi- like extended stretches. I just think we might see less overall minutes, especially early. We might see more rest days, which we've never really seen before outside of when his tendonitis really flared up. But it sounds like, I mean, they talked a lot about the, you know, the, the stat that, what is it? The personnel staff or the, the injury staff, whatever it is. Um, Troy Flanagan, I believe is, is the guy's name who runs it. But it, it sounds like maybe that's on the table that we'll see more of this, you know, oh, back to like maybe the first month we don't see on us in back to backs. Maybe he doesn't play the first couple of games to start the year. We don't know. We're speculating, but it does feel like all of this is more on the table than it really ever has been with Giannis. Yeah, especially because we've seen them sort of realize uh, the decreasing value of the regular season as a whole. Yeah. They don't have to go 100%. They don't have to go and get the best record as long as they're prepared come playoff time. And that's just been a trend in the NBA for the last couple of years, last probably decade or so. You just you don't need to be the best team come playoff time. I mean, uh, in the regular season, you just have to be one of the best teams come playoff time. Yeah. So whether that means more rest so you can get so you can guarantee or try to guarantee health as the playoffs approach that I think that's going to be more on the table than ever before for this team. But it's just difficult because we've seen it's uh, we've seen like Giannis not want to sit out games. And because he knows like a lot of road games, they come out to see him. Yeah. Uh, and, And home game. I mean, I think it would kill Giannis to not be able to play ring night. Oh, yeah. That would oh, suck. Yeah. So really yeah, hoping that he, that's not the case. I think, I think he's definitely going to be playing ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we might might not see him in, in every preseason game, which is obviously just, I mean, it's. I don't know if we're going to see him in the first one. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, yeah. Um, but I mean, if you put it, if you put it this way, like, you know, would you rather Giannis sit out the whole preseason or Giannis have to miss time later? Obviously, you're going to pick preseason. And if you do the same thing, regular season versus playoffs, obviously you're going to pick regular season. So as tough as it is, you know, you just have to make decisions. I will say, talking about how their mindset has shifted, I think organizationally, let's say, they don't go on as deep of a playoff run this year, lose in the second or third round against Brooklyn, hopefully, and they get the full offseason, and there's no Olympics or international play, and everyone is, is more or less healthy. I don't there think might we be international see. play. Huh? There might be international play. Really? Eurobasket. Oh, God. Without Rick Patino, I don't know if Greece can miss it again, which is concerning. Um, but if everyone's more or less healthy and there's, there's a real offseason, I, I don't think they would load manage just to load manage. I do think it's more these are extenuating circumstances, and especially with Giannis in particular. But – yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, hopefully he's able to get that knee under control and, and be good to go without any sort of restrictions by the regular season-ish. That's obviously the the hope here. Yeah, you just want to get uh, you want to get the big guy healthy. That's all yeah. you want. I mean, he's been doing basketball stuff. We've seen workouts and shooting drills and stuff. So it's not like he's been laid up, but clearly without not playing five-on-five five day one, I think only he and Dante didn't. Yep. Um, that's not ideal. So we'll, we'll, we'll obviously keep everyone updated as soon as we learn more. Cause that's anything to do with Giannis's playing status is going to be the biggest Milwaukee Bucks story out there at any time. So what, what else do you want to cover from media day? It's good to see everyone. Good yeah. To see everyone back. 
Good to see some of the new guys. Yeah, it's fun to see, uh, I don't know, like some guys in Bucks jerseys like Chevy. The picture of Grayson Allen was just incredible. Uh, it just looked like his mom dropped him off for school. It just... <laughs> Um, I, I think he's going to be really good on this team. Um, me too. I, I'm very, I'm, I'm more, I think, uh, Grayson Allen is to me what Chevy is to you. See, I'm pretty high on both of them. I, I think they're both going to be really important. Um, it doesn't so sound like the Bucks Kool-Aid in general. Pretty much. It doesn't sound like they're going to extend either of them, which I think makes sense. Like to me, I think. Oh yeah. So prove it. For both of them. Yeah, I think this whole regular season for the Bucks, in addition to getting staying getting and staying healthy, and you know, as we as we mentioned earlier, maybe switching more, maybe trying more new things, playing even smaller. I think a big focus is figuring out who are the other building blocks, right? And I think this is I, somebody on Twitter coined it the Middle Ages, which I love. But I've I've spoke on here about how I think the Bucks love guys in their like mid to late twenties because it's the Giannis timeline. And moving off PJ and bringing in guys who are 24, 25, 26, 27, that kind of range is what they're looking to do. And I think the biggest signal to that was Portis, right? Like they used, I think Portis was the first deal they got done. I think it was the biggest deal of their offseason, getting that guy to stay and being able to keep him. And I think that signals they identified him as a long-term core piece because you don't want to do what the Warriors are doing and sacrifice years of a transcendent superstar MVP's prime for an inane idea that you can be good 10 years from now. But I do think you want to make sure you're not in a place where Giannis is on the island by himself for five years from now. I don't think Drew and Chris will be done four or five years from now, but they'll be in their early to mid-30s by then. So it, it is something you have to think about who's going to be here a few years from now and, and how can you add talent and how can you at least keep some sort of an infrastructure around Giannis in the immediate and the short and mid terms. And I think that's Portis. And I think that's going to be one of Grayson or Dante. I think they're going to pick one. I think they're hoping Shemi could be a guy who fits in and and, and they can stick around and and have for, for a longer time. And I think that they're using this season to figure out is, is Rodney hood that guy is Rodney hood going to get healthy and, Will he take another uh, less overall dollars deal so we can use early bird rights to sign him a couple years from now? With Grayson Allen, who they could sign whenever they want. Dante DiVincenzo, who they could sign whenever they want because they're restricted free agents. Obviously, Portis, they already kind of made that call. Uh, and then George Hill, I think, is more of, you know, we also need to be good right now, so we'll bring in George Hill. It's good to have good vets and, and just good playable guard depth. But um, that's I, I think that this is a big year for – a lot of the new players plus Dante and just these guys who are going to get rotation shots and beyond just proving, you know, I can play in the playoffs this year. I think there's going to be a shot for some of these guys to prove I can play next to Giannis for the next four years and they'll have the opportunity to stick around if they want. And I'm sure some will be able to go get more lucrative contracts elsewhere, which is just the way of the business. But, you know, I think the Bucks would look at it as a big win if one of Grayson Hood Shemi popped and was like a great fit with the core and was willing to stick around long term. Like I think that's what they're doing now. And I actually think it's a really smart way to team build. Like I think it's going to have a better success rate than picking 31, you know, 45 and just putting all the eggs in that basket. And I think it's more sustainable than only focusing on George Hill, PJ Tucker age vets. 
Yeah, no, I think you put it really well. I I agree with your prediction that they're going to keep one of Grayson or Dante. I think that's yeah. why the entire reason the trade occurred yeah. is well, yeah, it's short, immediate term insurance just to play. But I think yeah, I think longer term they're going to say which one of these is our two guard. Yeah, exactly. Just like I don't know, they're going to keep one of them. The other one, they I I don't know. Are we going to see a Dante trade midseason if Grayson I, Allen just mm. pops right away? I, I think there's a well. Here's the thing. Here's the tough thing. I don't think they'll feel forced to because I think no, if you look at it, absolutely not. You would rather you would rather have more depth and another useful rotation player in the playoffs for again a, a run that could be a championship run given the the tools that they have, rather than you know a future second or something, right? Like they won't do it just to do it. I think they'd rather have him for the playoffs, even if they know he's going to walk. If they can get value, they'll do it. I if think not, yeah. they won't. If if Grayson works out, yes, yeah. If they it's determine, yeah, giant it's, contingencies all around. There's a lot, and I, I honestly, I think there's a chance that you know could Rodney Hood slot in as a starter. Like if everything works out perfectly for him, I think there is. I, I think it's very small, but I do think this was a summer of for for the Bucks of saying, let's just take as many flyers as we can on these guys who we think could really work out. But if they don't, it didn't cost us anything. And really, it's the same thing they did last year when, you know, Bryn Forbes, Torrey Craig, Bobby Portis. One yeah, that's what I was going to say. Whoever doesn't work out, they're going to trade him, and then they'll play him in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. um, there'll be a secret. Then there will be uh, uh, pieces written. <laughs> yeah. Why did they give away the secret, uh, the secret, secret weapon? weapon? Secret weapon. Um, where's Torrey now? Indiana. I'm pretty sure, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they, they needed another nondescript wing player. I guess they do. They always have five guys hurt. But, um, but no, I think I think it's a good strategy. And I think if you hit on you know one out of three or four a year, it's it's really going to pay off like it like it has so far for the Bucks. Um, I th- I do think Grayson is the safest. I, I see. Yeah. I see why you're saying the Grayson thing. Like I think for me. I almost it, it's hard for me to see it not working out. I mean, it, it always can. I thought that way about DJ Augustine too, and clearly that that didn't go as planned. I think there was, but I think there was Poor more. Guy of, is still in Houston. Yeah, I, I I think he's been just forgotten about, unfortunately, league wide. Um, is he going to be the starting? But no, KPJ is going to be. The no, starting yeah, they're, they're probably going to send him to Siberia or something like they did. They're, they're doing with Wall, um, but. DJ Augustine, like as a, a point guard who likes to play a certain way, like more pick and roll, which the Bucks weren't really doing with him. He just wasn't as good of a fit for what they r- want to run as like a complimentary, you know, wing player. I just think it's harder for Grayson to not fit. And I think being a more consistent shooter and just a more steady player overall, I really do think he's going to fit really well. We'll see. It's nothing is certain. But I like that you basically find one guy who you can trust as a spot starter, I think, whenever you need to in Grayson, and then take the flyers on Shemi and Hood. And then I think George Hill is a guy they look at, too. I think there's a chance George Hill starts the year as well. I don't think it'll happen, but I I do think him and Drew together would be a pretty good backcourt. Yeah, we could see that closing a lot of games. Could see that closing, uh, maybe not playoff games. Maybe. Well, it's, it all depends. That's the thing. I, yeah. I think the, what they it's, have There's this flexibility year, on this guard uh, roster than we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, the, the, they added flexibility. And, you know, clearly not all – if all these guys work out, then the Bucks are just going to be ridiculously loaded. And they might have to make a trade just because you're not going to be able to keep all of them. But um, they just need – I think like Hill, I'm very confident. Grayson, I'm very confident. I think Dante – 
will get healthy and at least be back to where he was, which is like a, a, a starter on a very good team. And even if he's inconsistent, really, it's like one of Hood or Shemi working out would be huge because it just bolsters your depth. Or I guess, you know what? We should throw Thanasis in that group. Yeah, don't don't disrespect my guy, T.A. I think he's going to get more chances to be that, yeah. that wings going to be the, He's going to be playing five. Are you kidding me? <laughs> How do you feel about that? I feel so good about that. I'd rather him start <laughs> at point guard. but Point center. Yeah, why not? Let's do it. He did it against uh, Denver those two if games. If you can guard Jokic, you can play Jokic on offense. That's always what I've said. <laughs> um, Mom, can we get uh, can we get Jokic? Do we have Jokic, we have at, Jokic home? at home? Jokic at home is the Nas. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't like that sentence. Um, John Horst on on what the Bucks have added this this summer. We added in this order: quote shooting, playmaking, size. Interesting to me that he keeps saying size because they didn't add a true big. They did I, not if, add any size. If, well, if they did. count Portis. I really think he's talking about That's not Shemmy. an addition, though. Well, I retain, sign, whatever. I, I agree. I, I feel like he's just talking about Shemi and almost like Hill and, and having, like, bigger guards to play. Yeah. I don't know. It was an interesting quote to me. Um, also, another one that I thought was interesting, betting that we've grown in toughness, physicality, understanding what it takes to win, sort of saying, taking PJ's thing, like you said, at the, the celebration we were at, you know, I taught them how to be dogs. It feels like it sounds like the Bucks think the same way, and they're like, "Well, you've done what you needed to do here, PJ." It's like they're, the, they're dogs. It's now. like the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles meme where uh, Splinter's holding the <laughs> yes. kids, and then the kids have grown up, and now Splinter's <laughs> yes. old. And they walk him over to retire in Florida, like so many other players <laughs> seem to be doing. Yeah, that's perfect. I think that's that's what the Bucks are betting on. I think part of it is you know PJ Tucker teaching them to be dogs. Part of it is like Zach Lowe and Tim Bontemps talked about in the low post this week of just like there's just a different energy and aura around a championship team, like a different level of confidence of knowing how to win those gritty games. And if we've talked we've talked about like the Brooklyn series for me is still where that that flip switch like they were such a different team after they beat Brooklyn, just even in the other series like they never they never staggered after that. They would lose games. They never staggered. They never freaked out. They never imploded. You know, they, again, they weren't perfect. They lost four games after that, but like they always came back. And I just think, I, I think, I think it's a pretty good bet. Again, I'd rather have PJ and all these other guys, but I think it's a pretty good bet that the Bucks are just going to be more ready for this shit, so to speak, than they have been before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's funny you bring up after the Brooklyn series because I just keep thinking back to the Brooklyn series. It's like, man. They sucked. <laughs> they were so bad for three of the four, seven games. Yeah, and more than never that, really, game, game three was pretty ugly as well. Game three was awful. Your infamous meltdown. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how could I forget? How could anyone forget about that? Um, but, yeah, they, I, I agree with Horst here. They, they definitely – it feels like they know what needs to be done. And yeah. How could you argue with that? They did it. So obviously they know what it takes. So. Um, look at what Bucks culture did for Jeff Teague. How could it not work with Shemi Ojale? Yeah. What's going to happen to Jeff Teague? Is he out of the league? You think? Probably. I don't think he's even showed up at camp anyway. Because he's not been signed. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, like even on a camp deal, I don't think he's. Yeah. And that's, he that's could be like good. a he could be like a floating free agent that just gets signed. I don't know if I don't know if that's a move he should want to take. I don't know if. 
I don't know how many teams are turning to Jeff Teague. I don't know. The Bucks have an open roster spot. <laughs> Technically, they do. I think they're going to keep it for a while. Let's talk about the roster. Uh, as we alluded to a little bit earlier, big roster moves. I think that we all expected, at least we all on this podcast, there was some outrage. Elijah Bryant and Mamadi Diakite both waived, so both were non-guaranteed. Did the Bucks owe, or did, did the Thunder owe the Bucks a favor for some reason at any point? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it was just a very, very team-friendly deal. Yeah, so they claimed Diakite is why I ask. So basically, this saves the Bucks 100K, which is more than 100K because of the tax. Because It's like three, eight, almost 400K yeah. for tax purposes. So whenever a player is waived... The money isn't dead money until they pass through waivers. If somebody claims the player, then the other team just absorbs the contract, basically. So this doesn't happen all that often in the NBA. Like, you know, the buyout market exists because teams don't do this. They just wait to sign them to a minimum. But Diakite's deal was team-friendly, and the Thunder are still below the salary floor, so they have no financial concerns, and they plucked him up. Um, And it's only a $100,000 guarantee, so... I don't even think there's a guarantee he makes it to their final roster. Honestly, I think they just wanted a flyer and are willing to pay a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, our friends over at the uncontested were saying he's going to get some playing time. So who knows? Did, did, did did, we looked at that roster and and we had real concerns. They would, did, did Sam Presti look at this roster and say, we're too good. We need to make sure we're not going to get the number six pick again or what? Uh, I don't, I don't don't know. They just did some, uh, Ugh. I don't know. We should we shouldn't disrespect. <laughs> I mean, it's not disrespect. He's not ready to play in the league. That's true. If he was, he'd still be on the Bucks roster. I think. I think they could use the big another big, despite what Horace. Maybe says. they're maybe the Thunder are hoping that they could be uh, uh, following the Pistons and Rockets. Yeah, get Christian Wood. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. What is? Uh, I'll make a bet with you. Let's Ooh. see. What's uh, what's Christian Wood's average last year? points oh is he gonna be half as good 21 21 points a game last year will mama d diakite ever score 21 points in an nba basketball game ever ever yes i'll say no so that that'll be our bet what, what should we bet on this um a beer next time we get together in milwaukee sure that works first, first round on you his yeah. career high is 13 mama d does have 13 and 38 minutes against the Bulls. I can't wait for the first game of the season. Mamadi just goes 37 on. 37 points, eight threes. All right, 21 points. Mark it. Eurostep bet. First bet of the year. We're a gambling pod now. 21 points for Mamadi Diakite. I'm saying no. Rohan is saying yes. See, the thing is, I have an entire NBA career. You have, yeah, at least at least eight months to, to cash on this. I'm sorry. I don't see it. I, I just don't. I don't see it. Uh, I know people disagree. <laughs> Not that I am either. I don't know why. I <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good content. It's good content. It is. Um, it's one but of yeah. those. What's yeah. it, there's an old joke from some movie. Like if John Cougar Mellencamp ever wins an Oscar, I get a million. Like you always take a hundred to one odds, but I'm not giving you a hundred beers. It's one to one. But yeah, probably shouldn't take that anyway. <laughs> yeah, no. no. <laughs> but uh, Diakite and Bryant are gone. Uh, yep. They were the remaining non-guarantees. Uh, actually, technically, Wara was non-guaranteed, but whatever. I don't think he was. That's not true. Partial, just, partial non-guarantee. Yeah, he's got he's got some guarantee though. Yeah, um, so that's not entirely shocking, like you were talking about. So that leaves the Bucks with fourteen contracts that have guarantees on them, including Wara. Yes, which, uh, and not including they, two ways: Justin Robinson yep. and Sandro Mamukelashvili. Yep. So 
they technically have an open roster spot, and there is one man for the job. <laughs> Ty, I'll let you take it. I know Johnny O'Brien, friend of the pod, who uh, I'm very disappointed. I hope this is just – actually, it has to be. They're ascribing number eight to him on the Bucks roster site right now. Number eight's retired. Uh, Marcus Johnson's number, I believe, right? I, I don't think yeah. th- that can be assigned. So uh, I don't know. That must be some sort of a glitch, which is weird because, like, Khaled Zakis doesn't have a number. Have we seen Yorgos yet? Yeah, he was there. Okay. I, I don't. It's weird. He doesn't have a number. But um, J-O-B gets number eight. Like I said, must be some sort of a glitch. But um, he's got to work. This is reported. Let's, we, we, we haven't seen anything official from the Bucks. Or wait, have we? I don't think so. You just said he was number eight on the Bucks website, though. Oh, so yeah, we have. I lied. Um, he okay. clearly, he clearly is. Um, so they're they're at least confirming it there. He is on the Bucks website, but yeah, he's just wearing a number that um, he can't wear. Mark, formerly Delhi's number, more importantly, formerly um, Marcus Johnson's number. But yeah, Johnny O'Brien is listed. I love that they didn't use a picture of him from a former Bucks media day. They used his Hornets picture. Um, but he's around on a training camp deal. Former friend, current friend of the podcast. He had uh, an episode where we got to interview him about Chris and Giannis and, and coming up on the Bucks and what he's learned in his career since and his publishing company, Noir Caesar. So go check that out on the feed. Rohan tweeted it yesterday at Arcadi Jr. We should also note that there are a couple other guys on camp deals who could theoretically earn that roster spot. Tremont Waters, um, who is a, a small dynamic point guard. I think he's 5'10". Not, and that not might a, be generous. Yeah, I think 5'9 is closer. And Javin Delorier, who I know almost nothing about, but he's got legit size. I think that one was confirmed as an Exhibit 10 deal. So reasonably sure he's going to play with the Herd. But And it'll be good to have a, a true seven-footer with the Herd. Um, but those guys are all currently listed on the Bucks roster as well as signed. Um, they're all camp deals. I don't know. I think J.O.B. I think does fit with the timeline. He's only three and a half years older than Mamadi Diakite, which is outright shocking considering when they were both drafted. Um, but he's made himself into a stretchy four or five. So I do think he is that kind of player that they're looking for. Yeah, for sure. He also has experience with the organization. Uh, he knows like Chris and, Chris. and Giannis. Yeah. He's talked about uh, with us about uh, how he sort of like, like those guys and those guys are like how their evolution is the reason the Bucks are insanely successful, which is, you know, obvious now because they won the title, but it's like a, going back a couple of years, it's like, yeah, is that really, really a thing? J.O.B. always been a believer. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just, it, it's perfect. Like, we're, we're going to take a little bit of a victory lap here. It's just perfect that we were talking to him about a Bucks return. That yeah. was back on the Bucks. <laughs> yeah, we, we called it. And I just think to really crystallize how he's kind of morphed as a player, he played four parts of four NBA seasons, 147 games, attempted 50 total threes. Last year, in 42 games, he took 116 threes. And overall, since he left um, the NBA and went to play in Europe and Asia, he has hit 36% of his 505 attempted threes. So he's taken a lot of threes. He's turned himself into a guy that can hit them. I think how often he's able to hit them in, in camp and with the G League, if he ends up on the herd – will determine if he ever gets another true NBA contract. But I think he's got a shot. He's this far. And I do think he is that that archetype that they're looking for that we talked about earlier. These, you know, more four fives than true fives. Enter J-O-B. Yeah, he's he's uh, listed at 6'9", two, yeah. two, around 260. So he sort of fits that tweener front court spot. 
And like you said, tur- turned himself into like a, a stretch four, a stretch five. So he like he fits what the Bucks want to play. He's also like he's a physical guy. He knows how to play. We we just need to see it, which is why I'm excited for the pre- we get to see JLB play Bucks fan. I'm so excited. I, I think he's getting real minutes in this preseason game. I am so he, anyone listening to this who's going to be going to preseason games, the open get, get a bunch whatever, of JLB clips and tag us. Yeah, no, just just cheer the hardest you can for JLB so we can try and make this happen. I got to dust off the 77 jersey and get down to one of the Yeah, you need to bring that to the preseason game. I do. I do. We should go to a preseason game. We should go to it. We, we got to see when they are. A lot of them are weekdays, which stinks, but we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get to a game. Yeah, but uh, make sure you're cheering super hard for JLB. Just yeah, like do it, do it for the Euro stuff. Come on. Do it. You got to do it for the Euro step. And uh, uh, one last note, just on Horst's quote earlier about using two ways. I think it's is Sandro the backup five or like the emergency five if if Lopez does miss a week or if Giannis misses some time or something. It feels like he is, which is kind of yeah. Kind of. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm a little concerned. I mean, it's the regular season and they don't care, but yeah, it's a. Uh... From what we saw in summer league, it's a little concerning. <laughs> I just and, think uh, yeah. I, I just don't think he does the true five stuff they really need from. I don't a, think he does. Five. So this is I don't mean this as a shot or like <laughs> any sort of aggressive. I don't think he does anything that the Bucks want. <laughs> I, I think just, he's I'm not saying he's they not like talented. I'm not saying he's not good. He just it's not a fit. I don't know. I don't know. I was talking to Jackson Frank a couple of weeks ago, and he obviously followed Gonzaga basketball a lot, so he mm. saw uh, Sandra play. He was, he, and he he was telling me, I, I don't know why how he sort of fits on the Bucks at all. Well, I was like, yeah, can, that really when confirms. You can get, that babe, look, when you can get two Jokic's, when you can get Thanasis Jokic and Sandro Jokic. You have to do it. They got two chances at a Jokic here. I think, uh, you know how I said the Thanasis is the Jokic at home? Yeah. Uh, Sandro is the uh, Jokic at home of the Jokic at home. <laughs> oh, my. We have Jokic at home, Jokic at home, Sandro. Oh, that's tough. Uh, that wasn't my that wasn't my best attempt, but I, I, I powered through anyway. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Hey, listen, it sounds like he's going to get uh, at some point. He'll get an actual shot to play NBA basketball. I'm excited to see. Like, it'd be great if he just tore up the G League. I would have fun watching him. Just like actually, that's where he'd get to actually do his best Jokic impression. And maybe we'll see it. I, I think after a really strong first game of summer league, it, it tapered off a lot. And I think it's harder to do that stuff in the G League than it is summer league. But I don't know. I'm interested in the in the Sandro experience, but I was. Is it weird that I'm more excited? Obviously, the Bucks are uh, defending champions. Yes, but the thing is, we're not going to be able to. We we don't see the Bucks being defending champs until the playoffs, right? We don't. What do you mean? Like we we don't get to see them sort of go on that title defense until like later on in the regular season and then the postseason, right? Well, I think there's gonna like I think if they're all healthy and ready to go ring night, I think we'll see it a little bit there. Like I think the thing about being, oh yeah, yeah, I think ring the thing night, about defending sure. the championship, not just ring night though, is like they asked Harden if like you know they feel pressure to the team to beat and James Harden, who is rising on my likability somehow. Said no, the Milwaukee Bucks are the champions. They just they they have that to deal with because they earned it basically. 
I think there's going to be a lot of nights where you can just tell another team, especially another playoff team or even a younger team, is going at it a little bit harder than usual because you are the team to beat. So I think I think obviously you can't lose you know the title in a game like that, but I do think there's going to be some special moments throughout where like someone is going a little extra hard or maybe someone's turning them back the clock, like maybe LeBron, maybe when they play the Suns, you know, all these games. Well, yeah, the big games. It's what I'm trying to get at here is I'm very excited to see like the other guys. Oh, yeah. The new guys. Yeah. Yeah, like, I am too. We, we can have fun with this. We can see point center Thanasis in the regular season. We can see like uh, Sandro just sort of do his thing. We can see like Grace and Allen go out and become, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I it, can't think of a comparison. But. It feels like a great mix between bringing back the core of a championship winning team and a potential dynasty and like injecting a lot of new stuff in both schematically and with some of these new players and maybe players with new roles as well. One guy we didn't talk about who still factors in as a guy who might earn himself more playing time is Jordan Wara, who we were so excited about. And now he's not even on the radar anymore, probably because this I, maybe my favorite quote from media day, Drew Holiday on Jordan Wara, you know, said something along the lines of, you know, you saw how good he could shoot in the Olympics, quote, we need to get him to pass a little more. And him and Chris laughed. Pretty, pretty, pretty summing it up pretty well there, Drew. Uh, I think that's that's uh, right on the I, money. He there. obviously he meant it as a joke, obviously, but also like yeah, seriously. I don't know. If, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if he did. Like he he tried to portray it in a funny light. It but is I funny, it, but yeah, we we were very like this is something that we've talked about a lot of his game. Like the shooting is there. It yeah. is there. The scoring, the shooting, scoring ability. Yeah. It is there. That's why we had sort of indication like we think he can play because he already has like an NBA skill that he is very, very good at. And scoring is a very important NBA skill. It's just the other stuff. <laughs> All of the other stuff, basically. Passing, defending, rebounding. Yeah, he's been a decent rebounder. Yeah, I it's, 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 I think he needs to do one of those other two things at a much higher level to be a rotation player. Just like you can't be bad at two things and play those significant things, minutes. Yeah. yeah. Out of like the core three skills. things. Yeah. Playmaking, defend. scoring, defend. Yeah. yeah. You um, can't be bad at two of those and play significant minutes on a title contender. Yeah, no. Is it fair to say in the same way that like Grayson is uh, Dante insurance is Rodney hood war. That's what I was for thinking. That microwave scorer role. It kind of feels like he is. I think he is too. Uh, I don't know. Whenever they signed Rodney hood, this might be a little insulting to Rodney hood, but I saw him in sort of like a Michael Beasley role. Yeah. Well, it really, it's kind of what Forbes did. I know a lot of people have said war would take Forbes role. Kind of that idea of just, let's just put someone in who helps the offense and, that's the, the problem the offense, with Forbes, though, was that he literally could only shoot. Yeah, and that's he, the same problem that we're seeing with Jordan Wara. Well, I think Wara, I trust more to do other like at least Wara can score elsewhere. I think Forbes' thing is that's the only place he could score. Although Did you he would see try, Forbes's drives, his he mid-range? would try, he would sure try his Dirk shots, his little step backs that broke at him. <laughs> yeah, they really did. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do think uh, – I think Hood is probably has a much better shot to, to lock down that role year one. But for him, it's just about getting healthy and, and staying healthy and getting back to his former self. He didn't look good last year, but it was kind of a recovery year for him. 
Um, is there anything else from, from media day or that we've learned to cover? I think there's going to be another move. They have an open roster spot. I don't think there's going to be a rush to fill it. And I think there's good chances a trade or a buyout pretty much no matter what, but, and, and no, Horace should, even no, tie it. We're, we're starting the movement. There needs to be a rush to fill it. You got to keep J.O.B. I listen, I think let J.O.B. ease back into us play in the G league. Let me get to see J.O.B. up close for a month. And then, then you can sign him. Or you sign him up to the big boy squad right away, and, and then sign him. Yeah, yeah but Rohan, that doesn't him. save you luxury tax money. So I, I think you're you're off kilter. Here, one, one last note on media day: the owner segment stunk. I'm over it. <laughs> they uh, they, they were the only ones who got to sit with the trophy. D- didn't love it. We to like we did see pictures later with like Giannis and the trophy. yeah. Everyone got to hold it. Come on. Yeah, I don't know why they took it away before everyone else got to speak and. The, the the worst part of that for me was they asked like what what about Giannis you know owning owning part of the Brewers now like just asked about that in general and I think the first and it was a joke but it was like hopefully now he's more understanding in salary negotiations or something it's like oh it's a joke but it's just like it's annoying I, I didn't love it it's yeah it's it's annoying that's a good way to put it it's just annoying like okay. just pestering yeah I, whatever like we get it. Yeah, but also, I mean, like you don't you don't have to say some of the stuff out loud. Yeah, <laughs> like we we there's there's an understanding. <laughs> I will say I'll give them credit for this. The quote on Philly were about the results, not the process. We're not about All the time. process. That's, All time. It aged well. It somehow aged well. I will give best ownership quote out of Milwaukee in a very long time. I I I don't know. Him or Edens? I know it wasn't Fasciatelli or, or that. No, I think it was. I think it was Edens. Right? I think it was Edens. Um, but yeah, just a final notes here. We uh, preseason starts on Tuesday uh, against the Grizzlies on national TV. It's on TNT. Are you st- yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't wait for the whole nation to see Johnny O'Brien in action. See, this is why we need to get him to a roster spot because they're going to see him put up like fifty. The Bucks have the okay. Also, track. question for the Mamadi bet: Does preseason count? Absolutely not. Damn it. <laughs> Real games are on. Come on. Uh, so they they got uh, they got uh, the Grizzlies on Tuesday, uh, the fifth of October. Then they got the Nets. They just they play five total. So then they play Grizzlies, Nets, Thunder. Ooh, Thunder! Uh, oh, DJ Wilson game. also on the Thunder. Revenge game possibilities abound. Yeah. Then they play the Jazz, and then they play the Mavs at home. Sterling Brown. You know you know who to boo. Sterling. <laughs> no, no, not Sterling Brown. No, don't boo Sterling. No, Brown. I, don't, I, don't. I was joking. Don't never boo Sterling. Um, oh, cheer, yeah, give, give Sterling the round of applause he deserves. Jason Kidd, who wants to post up Poisingus as a power forward. Which oh, is, that's good. This, oh, this, this Mavs season is going to be tremendous content in the sense that it's going to be an absolute tire fire. It would be nice for us if the first time Luca cusses out Kidd and it gets caught on camera is in Milwaukee. That would feel pretty fitting to me. Yeah, and then Giannis walks up to him after the game. Ooh, I, I want to turn the tables on all these people who tried to recruit Giannis. Oh, so I'm 100%. Down I'm, I'm trying to, the to start the narratives. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Um, yeah, it should be a fun preseason. But only against people who did it to us. We don't want to incite it. We don't want to be no, mean to any we, of them. we won't do Zion or... No, New Orleans fans haven't been mean to us. No. No, the, the six of them have been pretty cool. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. It's just... It is what it is. Uh, yeah, so this is a uh, yeah. This we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. Um, 
This has been fun. We're, we're excited to talk basketball again soon. This the media day is usually means like it's right around the corner. And that's because it is yeah, uh, less than back. a week away. Yeah, we're back. Uh, it feels like it's been forever, but also zero time at all. But uh, we're ready to talk, buck, talk Bucks basketball again. If you want to get all GSPN coverage, make sure you're subscribed to the feed. So you get us, Eurostep, you get win in six. You get just everything, all the crossovers, just you, you get all the best Bucks content available. We have testimonials on Twitter saying we're the best. We're, we're the best. Just, you know, listen to the people. It's uh, not us saying this. It's no, it's not the masses, the yeah. intelligent, brilliant masses. <laughs> uh, okay. Also, make sure you subscribe to our Substack, gspn.substack.com, so you can get everything that we put out there right into your email inbox. I almost said mailbox. Like, we we don't send you internet mailbox. Was that? Yeah. I don't know. I'm struggling. It's still (laughs) the morning. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah. Make sure you subscribe to everything we do. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Uh, Yeah. We're going to be providing the best Bucks content possible during this season and into the playoffs. We're entering. This is year three of us together that we're entering. Wild. Just like the third year of Chris and Giannis and Bud and Brooke, it's going to be the best one yet. And Pat, yeah, that's when this one this started. That's yeah. when uh, I started on the Eurostep, October 2019. It is October 2021 coming up. Uh, what a time! Let's get it. Let's keep let's doing it. it. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Make sure you leave a five star review on Apple. Subscribe to everything, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, go Bucks, and we'll talk to you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.